Hey everybody, it's Adam Shartoff. I just want to give a quick message before we start the show. Filmwax Radio just launched a Patreon account. You can find it by going to patreon.com slash filmwaxradio or just go to Patreon and search Filmwax. It'll come right up. Rewards start at $3 a month. You know, it's taken uh, 10 years for me to get this together. And I'm finally, if you're a regular listener of this show or you love to support independent film and shows like mine, which are an extension of that, please consider contributing. The amount of time and resources required to do a show like this, plus the YouTube show, is extensive, far more than you might might think. And so, like a lot of other people, I'm just sort of saying, if you want to show your love for the show, I would appreciate it. And there's all sorts of wonderful, wonderful rewards. Of course, additional content that nobody else is going to see or hear, and much, much more. If you just, again, visit patreon.com slash filmwaxradio and consider it. That's all I'm asking. Thank you very much. And now, on to the show. everybody, it's Adam Shartoff, your host of Filmwax Radio. It's Friday, May 21st, 2021, and this is episode number 669 of the podcast. We have two segments. First up here is the director and the animator of a short animated film called Saving Ralph. This is part of the Humane Society International's campaign to end cosmetics testing on animals. And they pr- produced this uh, short, which is directed by guest Spencer Susser, and animated by Andy Gent. The animated voice actors here are Taika Waititi, Ricky Gervais, Zac Efron, Olivia Munn, and Tricia Helfer, and Palm Clementif. And sadly, none of these folks are on this episode, but we're very lucky to have both Spencer and Andy on this segment coming up first here. Ralph the Rabbit is a tester, one of untold thousands of rabbits and other animals used each year in government-required chemical poisoning tests for cosmetics and their ingredients. Save Ralph combines empathetic storytelling with the magic of stop-motion animation and performances by an A-list multinational cast in the next phase of Humane Society International's global campaign to outlaw cosmetic animal testing once and for all. And believe it or not, Save Ralph is a comic short. It's funny. I mean, you know, like many comedies, it's a great way into a serious subject. And uh, this is very uh, uh, successful at doing that with a top-rated cast, as I've mentioned um, so visit hsi.org slash save Ralph movie uh, for more information and to donate to this incredibly important cause. And we will go to them after that. We'll be back with uh, one of the great dramatic independent films of the year called The Killing of Two Lovers with returning film wax friend, director Ralph, uh, director Robert Machoyan and his lead actor, Clayne Crawford, back with them after this segment here on Film Wax Radio. Ready? We rolling. Okay, Ralph, can you mark it, please? Do you want me to click it now? Yep, go for it. Go on. Like that? Brilliant. Oh, it's like in the movies. Alrighty, so, um, 
My name's Ralph. Um, I'm a rabbit, as you can see. I'm blind in my right eye, and uh, this ear. Can't hear nothing but ringing now. Eee. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm north of New York City in the Hudson New York. Valley. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. State of New York. Excellent. And you are where? I, I I'm said. in in Perth, Western Australia. Oh, you're you're in Australia. Very good. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, so you are ahead by like 14 hours or how many hours is it? Yeah, 12, I think. Just with, 12? for the East Coast. So it's it's. It's oh. nine thirty at night, which, which is the earliest I've actually oh. done anything on this whole project because I've been working in several time zones, and it's oh, usually yeah. like four in the morning. So, right. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. This, no, so this is like great. Right. Right. Well, nine thirty at night, no problem. Great. I'm glad you have positive associations with this uh, show. <laughs> you know. Hey, and there's Andy. Hi, Andy. Hello. Sorry about that. I just was running around like a headless chicken. Not at all. Don't worry about it. It's really nice nice to meet you both. You too. Hi, folks. How you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. No, Ralph's it's good to see you in the you flesh. Too? Exactly. Which 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 country are you in now? I'm still in Australia. I'm in Perth now, oh. so I mean I was in Perth, I was just I was like three hours south. And now I'm in in the city. Right. Amazing. Good. What is it like three hours south? Is it just sticks? Yeah, I was just in the bush, just like hanging with kangaroos in a treehouse, basically, staring at my computer day and night. It, it's like the most beautiful place in the world. I mean, it's like the beaches there are crazy, and it's just like kangaroos everywhere, and I just spent the entire time uh-huh. in my computer. <laughs> Do you, have you, what, were you seeing kangaroos running around? Every day. Really? It's that, yeah, that was the highlight. Are they there are they they heavily populate most of the country, yeah. or is it kind of that region of of Australia? Well, they're kind of they're kind of all over the place. They're but like squirrels in, here. <laughs> yeah, like very very big squirrels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's you know it's it is unusual to see um, wild animals that are bigger than you like all the time. <laughs> Yeah, that would it's kind of I've seen, when I watch the videos they it freaks me out. I love I'm an animal lover. It's one of the you know catalysts for inviting you guys and doing something and you know letting people know about Save Ralph, but uh so I'm I'm always interested. We I live uh quasi rural, quasi I don't know what you'd call it, villages all around here uh, where I am in the Hudson Valley, about 100 miles north of New York City. I'm fr- a lifelong city New York City person but resident but recently came up here anyway i live like really within two minutes of this farm just around the corner and there is an emu there that lives there oh cool (laughs) i go there almost every day to visit this emu and it comes right up to the fence and we i feel like we bonded (laughs) i really do because i'm uh, sure yeah and there are a bunch of ducks in the same uh you know fenced area it's pasture what have you and they and there's some uh uh, there's a little miniature horse that lives in there, uh, who's about as girth is as wide as its height. 
uh, and they're, but it's like a mix of different, you know, and then there's some pigs that sometimes they're, they're not really in the same pen, but they're nearby and they're, it just seems that, you know, I, I'm always like curious because the talons on this thing, look, it could rip your neck apart. I mean, with, you know, it's just incredible size animal, but, or bird, I should say, but it's, it's, I, I'm just, I, I want to like connect with it and pet it, but I, I feel like I've somewhat got off topic here, guys. Please save me. <laughs> but at the same no, time, we like we like emus. <laughs> we used to have a very famous puppet one in the UK, Rod Hull and Emu, and uh, so he would all, he'd often be on TV shows. But I mean, if that's anything to go by, be very careful when you're around an emu because it was always yeah right biting people, and it was it does bite yeah. <laughs> When it's peckish, so to speak. <laughs> Does it have a name, this emu? I name it Rhoda. I just like it. I haven't met the farmer yeah. yet. I'm, I'm looking to meet the farmer, but I just <laughs> have projected that this is a female, and uh, it's very hard to tell when it's full grown what the sex of a bird is, you know. So, or, but uh, there are some signs apparently when they're small that when they're younger that you but by the time they're full grown, you, those those signs are, are have disappeared. But uh, but I do I. Sorry, you made me think of one of my friends has just they've got a black labrador and they've called it danger so <laughs> you can you can hear them shouting for the labrador in the park which always amuses me a lot that they're screaming danger around the <laughs> well, that's my middle name right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know it's it's funny you say about the emu though because i don't know if i told you this andy but Years ago, um, I used to live in West Hollywood, and these two rabbits moved into my backyard, these two <laughs> white rabbits that were just like, I don't know where they came from. They were t- and every time I went out there, they would run for their lives. And there was a time I was actually staying in Australia, and a friend of mine was staying there, and he just spent like hours upon hours like with food in his hand, looking the other way, and eventually... They came up to him, and anyway, long story short, they had babies, and there was a bunch of these cute little baby rabbits, and um, they all sort of went away. I think some got adopted, but one stayed, and it became my pet, but I refused to let it be a pet because I didn't want a pet rabbit, Um, but I mean, the thing was so damn cute, and every time I went out there, it came up to me. And he would eat the lawn. And I swore I wasn't going to feed it because if I was traveling a lot and I didn't want it to rely on me. So I kept replacing the lawn because when they eat the grass, they eat it from the roots. So it destroys the, the, the grass. Um, anyway, he became my pet. He became my best buddy. Um, I named him Jose. And I have no idea if it was a boy or a girl. It didn't matter. I actually think it was a girl, but I don't know. But it lived for about eight years. And wow. um yeah, well, that's funny because Jose would be it would be the Spanish version of Jojo Rabbit would be Jose <laughs> Jose Rabbit. <laughs> Just a big connection on my part. Sorry. Which I mean, I mean, he looked a bit like Ralph, but he had a big black spot on his eye. Ah. Um, he was pretty probably, cute. Probably having a lot of fun with that lawn right now. Yeah, <laughs> the lawn in the sky. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, do you- no, I mean, he lived a long time. Apparently, that's a long time for um, a, you know, white domesticated rabbit situation. So, it's anyway, good. he was very cute and very sweet. Courtesy of your healthy diet. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a rabbit outside, especially, you'd think, is some, some other animal's 
diet, you know, because that's why I think a lot of rabbits don't well, yeah. their, their fodder, right? For other animals, they're part, they're low down in the food chain. I mean, as far as, uh, they're very fast, you know, you'd have fast. to be pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Where I used, where I walk, where I used to walk my Labrador, um, we'd get hares in the middle of the field and they will just sit there and be like, nah, I've got another five minutes before I start running. And the dog would be like hounding it through the middle of this plowed field. And the hares would just be like, yeah, no, we're okay. <laughs> we're uh, good. I'll just wait a little bit and then the last minute, you think he's just like mid-air in the pounce. And then, thump, and then he's like, oh, there's no way I'm chasing that. That's just totally way too fast. Well, that was the, that's the attitude that made him lose to the, the turtle, the hare. The, the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Same attitude. Yeah, you guys are you are you do I mean I kind of I do have developed in my uh, later years my middle age into a passionate animal lover. Uh, I don't know if that's if you guys come from that because I mean I know Andy, you may have come just because of your talent as an animator as a you know and and then uh, working with 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 Wes and um, uh, but that this project which is called Save Ralph is. Uh, you you I don't, was did the uh, Humane Society International produce the film as well, well because this is this is all about uh, trying to ban cosmetic testing on animals. Uh, I came in sort of second to the equation. Uh, Spencer uh, uh, and I think you, you had contact with the Humane Society and you know obviously developed everything. We were brought in um, to help bring all of that to life um so yeah we we basically went to the best best in the world which is in the uk mm-hmm. and uh no the, the humane society was looking for a new campaign basically okay. and so i pitched this idea which they sort of looked at me like i was crazy but they were brave enough to sort of <laughs> humor me and then uh yeah and then it was about realizing it and going well who's the, who is the best at this and you know, fortunately, Andy was kind enough to humor me as well, and then, and then got invested himself because we just fell in love with this character. Uh, right. This was all. Was all this 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 sort of the campaign approved or, uh, you know, signed on uh, before you got some of the the voice talent that you got? Yeah. So th- we we. You know, they approved the idea, and then it was always about just getting the best people we we could get. And you know, I threw out some crazy names, and and then we kind of got pretty much everyone we sort of dreamed of. So um, put it out there. It kinda, you build it, it will come. Kind of theory, or well, yeah, you build it, it will come. And if you call Taika and annoy him enough, he might agree <laughs> to do it. Then he's become sort of the rainmaker. I mean, the project is the rainmaker. I, I recognize that it's a terrific project, but you get uh, you get uh, uh, Taiki, and then you you know Ricky comes with that uh, a little easier, maybe somebody that Ricky Gervais might sign on. Well, I think he's known as an I think he is. Yeah, I think I think Taika, you know, is a friend of mine, and we've worked together. And he came on in the beginning. You know, there was nothing to see. There was a script that he liked. And um, I think, fortunately, he trusted me. Um, when Ricky came on, he was able to see. A, we had shot a lot, so I think it made it a lot easier. And he, you know, he is an animal lover, 
and um, he also just saw it and, and loved it and was just so kind and gave us his time and just elevated it. You don't think he was kind of sort of discreetly auditioning for Wes Anderson? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have to ask him. Joke. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm joking. Uh, so um, anyway, the so it's but it stands up. It's just a, a four minute short, but it's about a rabbit and uh, um, who has been experimented on. It's dark. Uh, but it's really, really funny. Right? So that's not a question. I guess I'm just sort of mentioning that to people watching and listening <laughs> in. But it's it's kind of, it does, it's tricky because you guys have to kind of set a tone here, right? I mean, if you make it, were you, uh, uh, right, uh, uh, Spencer, you wrote it, right? So were you thinking yeah. along those lines of how the tone, it seems pretty important, how funny, how dark, how, uh, well, what's you, the word uh, when you're, you know, you're, you're trying to uh, definitely send a message here. Yeah. Well, I think in the past with a lot of the, these sort of, some of this messaging, it's hard because when you show people the reality of how they treat these animals, the, the sort of general instinct is to look away. And so a lot of people say, I don't want to know it's too much. And it's really hard to deliver a message when you show the, the hard facts for some reason. I think it's just too much. I mean, it's so brutal what they do. And so the idea was to basically trick the audience, you know, like make yeah. them fall in love with the character and slowly invite them in with, you know, a, a nice shiny it's a Trojan red apple. Method, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And, and then once they're sort of invested in this kind of, amazing world that andy created and this cute little character and this funny funny voice you slowly start to tell them the message and and the idea was that you kind of because ralph is such a positive guy he's so um he's just so everything is like fine for him i mean i sort of saw it as like he was born in the lab he doesn't know anything other than the lab therefore like it's a nice day in the lab. Yeah, they do these horrible things to, you know, us, but it's a nice day. And you kind of want the audience to shake him and say, what's wrong with you? Like, this is messed up. And um, yeah, so anyway, it, it really was trying to figure out how to deliver the message and, and most importantly, how to make people feel something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you can do that, then then it works because I think 99.9.9% 9 .9 of people are good and they want to do good things. But, you know, there's such a huge disconnect between reality and marketing often, you know, whether it's with testing on animals or eating animals or, you know. So, yeah, that was the goal. How do you get the message across? Mm. Um, well, there is a petition, by the way, uh, which well, I'll put the link up with all of the, you know, the description and everything. We'll make sure people know there's a petition. But I mean, the, you can even just be even less uh, engaged or that's not maybe the right way of saying it. But you can be even do a little less activity by merely not buying products that where the companies test on, on animals, cosmetics specifically, but also there's soap, there's, there's all sorts of products, which uh, if they don't test on animals, they use animals. So 
there's alternatives out there. There's lots of alternatives now, and they're easy to get. Yeah, there's there's a lot of alternatives, and and then the the other big thing is is um, it's not necessary. I mean, there are companies that test on animals, and it's horrible, and they should be avoided. But the real issue is the countries that allow it. Like it should mm. be illegal. Right. You shouldn't be allowed to do it. And four out of five countries still allow it. And what we really want to do is is stop stop it from. It should be illegal. That makes more sense. And how, but, but it's usually, uh, uh, most of the pressure usually comes from the bottom line, right? Doesn't it? I mean, you can legislate, but usually legislation is a result of just people, the wallet has a lot of power. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it's been interesting since um, the, the little film came out here, the amount of people that I've seen through, you know, or, or people here in the workshop, um, uh, liking it and seeing and you know making uh, statements about it all, and then the list of products that people have been putting out, and and everybody saying oh, I'm just going to avoid these things, and it, it's that footfall which is very powerful statement more than than most things. It, when people stop doing something, um, you know, and they've done it, they've done it from within. They've decided I, I don't want this to happen. I'm going to make that change. I don't think there's anything better than that. It's, it's a, it'll have an effect very quickly. Yeah, I think so. And it is, it's that thing. It's like connecting the dots. And once you've connected the dots, people go, Oh wait, yeah, no way. We'll avoid that. And, and, um, but you know, I think it's, I, I feel like Andy, you guys, you guys kind of saw that right away. Like, you know, I feel like you were very aware of, of the, what we were trying to do and wanting to help and, and come on and, and support that. And um, I mean, from the very beginning, um, that sort of early contact with it, we were very um, happy to be involved. And uh, when he, once you start talking about it, everybody's you, the story starts to come in from everybody. Um, you know, like, well, we let, what can we do? And it, and it soon, um, it soon sort of, ripples through not only the workshop but then everybody that's come into contact with it so it, its message is super strong we liked it we totally fell in love with it by the time we'd sort of read through it we're going oh i can see how this will have such a big effect and a impact that we were really keen to to you know go the extra mile to to help out with it all but it, even you know with in all the enthusiasm it's just been amazing it's been absolutely amazing to be knock-on effect uh, of this little film and how many people, um, you know, are talking about it. And they've gone, oh, we need, there's the, I know that there's people making their own language versions now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there's lots of them. Yeah, really? I mean, it's spectacular. You really feel like um, that the aim to encourage countries to stop doing this is is very much um, happening now. And, and that, um, I think, you know, the beauty of stop motion animation is it, it, it can, I mean, animation all around, but the nice thing about stop motion is, that you, you know, there's a reality to it and it helps, it helps with that um, information being portrayed, particularly in this instance where, it, it, you know, this is a real thing and it really, you know, we're hoping to see the change. So you, you kind of fall in love with him and there's a certain amount of believability because it's a, an actual thing that you're seeing. And so... Um, amazing the effect that it's uh, all of those components 
you know, with the, with the story put together uh, as happened. Uh, well, it's called Save Ralph. You can watch it on YouTube. We'll, we'll put a link in the description also to the YouTube. In fact, maybe if it's okay, I know uh, our publicist is on uh, somewhere lurking. Mm-hmm. In the, I'm the, here, uh, lurking in the shadows. In uh, what we do in the shadows. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it possible to put uh, maybe the entire, can I put the entire video at the, the, maybe at the end of this? It's four minutes. Only four minutes. Or should I just put a link to it? Because you kind of want the the clicks, right? Well, as long as there's a link to the petition, which is what we want everyone to sign. Oh, well, that we can do, for sure. (laughs) I was just going to put, maybe I'll, uh, is there, I know it's a four minute film. The trailers typically could be half of that length. I don't know. Is there a trailer of this? Or is it? There is. It's it's like a teaser. It's teaser. it's about yeah. It's about forty five seconds. I'll use that, and then we'll just urge people to go to watch the whole thing because then you get you find out how many people are watching that way. If I if I literally insert the whole thing, then you don't get that. So yeah, cool. Millions of people that listen to my show, but uh, there is the the link is pretty easy. Um, that takes you to the petition. Um, but sure. it's HSI Humane Society International dot org. Yeah. slash save ralph so it's pretty easy to remember and I, no i'm going to put a title card at the end uh with oh, that, great with that even though it's it's not a link in the actual video of this it, people can remember it and then we'll put it in the description as a link so so I'll, I'll make sure people know and i'll be doing some social media around it it's a, it's i'm so glad to have met you guys and i was a fan of hesher and certainly andy uh, your work is tremendous oh, yeah, hesher is fantastic if, if you haven't seen hesher shame on you it's a great, entertaining film. Uh, you just insulted your whole audience because no one saw it. <laughs> I don't believe that, but um, no, it's, I remember. I remember it was one of those movies when it came out, when it was coming out. Because I'm usually a little ahead of the game, you know. Um, oh, let me. I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, that that um, it was definitely on my radar, and I'm glad I. You know, I'm, I'm real glad I saw it. It was just. It was. It's. It's a. It's a. It's a highly entertaining uh in fact i was as i was kind of looking and doing my little research i was thinking i gotta rewatch that it's been a long time mm-hmm. it's time to rewatch it um and uh andy of course your work is is uh iconic the guy what you guys are doing i should say in the studio where you are right where are you you're are you in la we're in east london oh you're in east london excuse me that's yeah, that's right in the, the the fun part of east london next to the olympic stadium very good. Nice. And I see your little action figures there. There's some of the guys from some of the other projects floating around in the background. There's Ralph, in fact, just underneath his poster. Yeah. He's so cute. Um, he's, uh, he's got his running kit on now. He's trying, he's trying to, you know, get back into things. But, yes, um, I'm hoping that we can, uh, you know, he'll carry on, uh, he'll carry on his, his little mission. Um, it's amazing that that little puppet over there has had all this effect already, and it's only a week. He's it's traveled true. the world. I was <laughs> thinking that. He he didn't make it to space, but he certainly made it around the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll have his own helicopter in no time. <laughs> yeah, he'd be, he'd be so pleased to know. I think he'd be I think he'd be quite confused, actually. So, so the internet is what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we may need a prequel um thank you guys thanks very much yeah. good luck and um 
I look forward to running into you guys again soon in some other capacity, perhaps. Thank Thanks you, for having us. Yeah, really. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, okay. guys. See you guys. See you, Andy. Okay, the Killing of Two Lovers follows David, played by Guest, Clayne Crawford, who desperately tries to keep his family of six together during a separation from his wife, Nikki. They both agree to see other people, but David struggles to grapple with his wife's new relationship. The Hollywood Reporter calls the film a transfixing drama without a wasted word or a single inessential scene. It really is fine filmmaking. I'm so excited. Robert Machoyan has been on the show a number of times. Maybe this is his third or fourth time on the show, and I'm very excited that he's back with this very, very exceptional dramatic film called The Killing of Two Lovers. Neon, a great distributor, uh, has released The Killing of Two Lovers in theaters and on demand as of May 14th, so you can see this film right now. Again, it's directed by the great Robert Machoyan, and it stars Clayne Crawford, who's on this episode with Robert, as well as Sapita Mofi and Chris Coy. And I have to apologize for butchering names as usual. But here it is. This is uh, Robert Machoyan and Clayne Crawford here on Film Wax Radio. Hey, Alex. Yeah? What do you call a pile of kittens? What? A meowton. Come on, Dad. You working? Yeah. This early? Yeah, Dad. Stop digging. I think we're doing the right thing. David, I love you. You love me. We're trying to figure this out. I'm listening, Dad. Love is a feeling, and feelings, they move in, they move out. Mom's cheating on you. Would you hit me? What's his name? Robert, how are you? Good. You look like you're doing your that little press photo, the publicity photo. God, I saw that. Um, and except, except my aging and re- take a new picture. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to meet you, Clayne. Very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Adam. And that's what you look like when you're smiling. I had no idea from the film. I just... <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, Robert and I, we did this, uh, we talked uh, back in, I don't know, when was it? Last fall or I think summer? so, yeah. When when it was at, was it, I'm going to say New Directors? Yeah. And 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 then we were, ta- hopefully we were talking about maybe doing it again when the film was ready to come out and uh, and maybe include Clean. So I'm so thrilled that it, it turned out to be the case, that we were able to pull it off. So it's great to have you guys back or to have clean yeah. on further. And the film comes out on the 14th. 
Did you, I'm not sure you're aware of that, but it's coming out on, on the 14th in select theaters and on VOD. So, yeah. Very exciting. I know. Yeah, it's, been, I, a long, I did, it's I, been a long trajectory, I guess. Yeah, and I did want to say, Adam, you and I, uh, Clayne as well, but you and I, Adam, would, would uh, know quite well how big of a deal it is that an independent film like this gets a theatrical release. Um, sure. And so it's, it's really very exciting, um, uh, to have this opportunity to have it in theaters. That's, I'm beyond myself. I'll say that. Well, I think it des- this one does this, not that others don't, but I, I mean, this is deserving, um, of, uh, I think a lot of people should see the movie. I think it's a really strong old fashioned, you know, suspenseful, dramatic film with great performances, if I can say so. And, um, you know, I'm just, you know, thrilled that it's uh, more people will, a lot more people get a chance to see it. And you've got a great distributor with Neon. Yeah. First of all, Clayne, you are not only uh, the lead, one of the lead actors in this uh, movie, but you also are one of the producers on the film. Yeah. Um, you know, Robert and I have been trying to make a film for quite some time. Okay. And, that's um, yeah, we were having trouble getting resources, uh, anyone to kind of back us. So um, I, I went to my wife and I just said, look, why don't we take a little bit of cash? And I honestly, I don't know. And, and Robert can, you know, he may have felt differently. I don't know if I went into this thinking that we were going to make a feature that everyone was going to see necessarily. I almost kind of, because we had, you know, I was like, look, if I've got like anywhere from 40 to 50 grand, you know, let's just go shoot something and almost let it be a um, kind of a calling card for Robert and I on what we can accomplish together. And then if we had success, you know, kind of be able to say, well, if you give us real resources, I may imagine what we can accomplish. And, and it, it certainly far exceeded my expectations. Right. Well, you know, the, the, it's a movie that in another time, I mean, would have been a main, a big Hollywood could have been a big Hollywood movie. It has that kind of dramatic tension and a great script. And again, it, it's just uh, the, it's, it's, it, people are going to love it. You know, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it's not intense and at times very difficult, especially if you've gone through, you know, a separation, you know, and, or the family breaks up, it's very painful, very painful. The film really gets pretty, pretty, pretty honest and raw. If I can say that too. Uh, but at the same time, this is uh, the production of it. It just feels like a real solid old fashioned movie too. And um, there's not enough of them which is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I think we agree, you know, and I think that was part of the reason why we wanted to tell these. I think, you know, the, the way we receive content continues to shift and change. And I, I find for me personally, if I'm going to watch a film, I just want it to be a simple story. You know, otherwise I want it to be in long form. I want it to be six to 10 episodes. Right. <laughs> right. I do. And I want to be able to, and, and it's all in a design to have a true connection with the characters. Um, and I think that if you're going to do that in a film, uh, you know, you got to have to follow, I think Robert had a really great structure, which was, we're just going to follow this guy and we're going to live with inside him so that we truly understand what's happening. And, um, and I think that was exciting that it wasn't a complicated story. It was very clean, right. uh, as it related to the beginning, middle and end. Your character, David is, is really, uh, on, like on the precipice of, uh, well, we don't know. 
so you know we're experiencing it almost in real time with 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 David. You know, we're we don't know where this situation, this painful, uh, stressful situation is going to take him. We we just don't know, and he doesn't know. So it's uh, well, that's it, isn't it? I think it's I think it's the uncertainty, and and that's what was so exciting when I read the material for the first time was opening a film at that point where it doesn't matter why they're broken up, it doesn't matter what caused this 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 rift. Uh, which has created the drift. It's just, we know that it's been pushed to the brink. Right. And I think right. that is very exciting that as you kind of suggested, we're kind of, we're on this journey with David and he's discovering things as the audience is. Um, and, and to me, you don't see enough of that anymore in storytelling. I think that's, what's great about Robert's style is very rarely is it nowadays you can watch a film and not know exactly the direction it's going. Mm-hmm. And with Robert's storytelling, I never know. And, and that's extremely exciting. Robert's has been just, uh, do you feel like this uh, movie has is, had um, a serendipitous journey or has it really been difficult? Uh, I mean, it, fe- it feels like, you know, Sundance, <laughs> Neon, this seems like a, kind of a really great, journey uh, uh, from my perspective, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean... It's kind of what I most was, filmmakers want to happen to their films when they make them, you know, yeah. and they get yeah. some great yeah. actors in there. Uh, yeah, it's it's really a, a, an unbelievable circumstance, and I agree with you, Adam. It is it is what you hope for as a as a film filmmaker that these things occur. My pause is only, you know, after Sundance was such an unreal kind of experience um, that I was excited for an opportunity. Of course, you know, normally as a filmmaker, you get to travel to a couple other festivals where film will be screening and you get this engagement with the audience, which which is really an experience that's neat. And I, at one point, was kind of, you know, being, oh man, like I, I was excited. And then, um, a friend of mine had her film premiere at South by and was like, we didn't even get, we didn't even get an in-person screening. What the hell are you complaining about? Um, and that grounded right, so me. Some, for like, people who don't know, Sundance was the beginning and the end of the festival season last year. So, yeah. So that grounded me uh, obviously in gratitude that we had had an opportunity to sit with an audience and watch the response and know, uh, as Clay had said earlier, some of these risks that we took, um, that that were against recommendations were paying off and that we were watching an audience experience and have empathy. So that was really exciting. And then when Clint, when uh, Neon purchased the film, there was a similar discussion. I mean, we, we were going to release in February and of course theaters weren't open then and it was really a plan to just put it out on the streaming services, which of course I was grateful for, but dis- you know, disappointed because I really felt like that I had made a film that that needed to be in cinemas you know the wider shots to see that on a 40 foot screen there's value in that the sound design being all you know we did we weren't able to 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 record or to mix in atmos if we had the budget we probably would because peter approached the sound design in that very visceral way so when neon pushed it to may i was again very very excited and very thankful that audiences will be able to experience it. It, it and again 
that you know the Coen brothers have said you know in an article i read you know everyone experienced our movie on uh, at home you know rarely do people see it in theaters um so uh, it's hard for me to ever have a allegiance to either one but i just feel so so grateful that the that people will get to see it in theaters yeah well they're they had the benefit of both i mean you know they make good great movies so they have the benefit of opening in the theaters and then having this other entire lifespan the and generations of people discovering it then after on streaming platforms or whatever cable and etc uh um, um uh, Clayne, you mentioned before you guys have been looking for a project how long have you guys known each other what was how did you guys know each other and meet up and yeah we met in um and i I, I continue saying that we met in 09 uh, up in Sundance, but we actually didn't meet each other at the festival. Robert reached out to my reps um, and we just so happened to have seen one another's films. Okay. Um, so I was aware of Robert uh, when he reached out and then I met him and his, at, his, at that time, his directing partner, Rod, uh, we met in LA and he had this great script that he had written. Um, and, and, and as I said before, we were just, it was that journey of trying to go down that traditional path of, you know, find someone that's going to support the film and to give us the resources to kind of go out and show what we're capable of. Um, but more grateful I could not be, you know, sometimes the most challenging experience is the most rewarding. And, and that was, again, kind of having that freedom to explore this um, only using our hearts without having any kind of outside influence, uh, which is so very rare, you know, that you get to do it, that you get as a filmmaker or as an actor. Do it look like you get a Oh, I'm getting a little bit of an echo. Okay, good. <laughs> um, uh, are you getting, is it looking good for getting some of your investment back? It must be, at least. <laughs> that yeah, was tacky. Yeah. It's a tacky question. I apologize. But it's not you, a tacky you are a producer. Come you brought on, up. Adam, everyone has to pay their bills. Everyone's, and look, I think it's a sign of success, especially in Hollywood, if you're able to, uh, you know, double your money. And, mm-hmm. and I think for Robert and I, um, just to have someone like Neon appreciate the film and to give it a life after the festivals, that was the most rewarding thing for us. Uh, because, you know, as you said, even now, so more than today, I don't know many films outside of the Blair Witch Project that were made for under 50 grand that had a theatrical release. Um, so even with COVID and everything that's happened, uh, I think it's even more uh, impressive that the film's getting a release. And as Robert kind of said, we're just, you know, our cup runneth over sure <laughs> yeah and and one of the things i want to add adam you know that you alluded to earlier you know there's this risk at losing an aspect of storytelling theatrically as you know a marvel movie makes a billion dollars in a month that's very challenging to then try and go to a studio and be like hey right. invest in this movie that will you know make maybe 30 million dollars over 6 months um, and so I think it becomes critical, you know, one of the things that I, I had hoped, you know, I, I understand where student studios and, and investors come from, but they also need to, um, they also need to see the value. And so mm-hmm. I think there's an aspect that I hope anyways, that Clint and I made this film for such little money and my, my, my hope and dream anyways, is that it, it can do well theatrically in a way of saying like, Hey, these stories are actually like, people do want to hear them. I'm sorry. They won't make a billion dollars in one, one month, you know, like parasites, not going to, didn't make a billion dollars in a month, 
but but we still need the stories it's like you can eat jelly beans and ice cream all day long but the reality is right you do at times need to eat your vegetables and you know and your meats because that that (laughs) and so it allows there's there's some social discourse that kind of needs to happen, you, you know, right. and, and cinema is a, you go and you sit in a dark room and you sit next to strangers and you laugh and you cry together. And all of a sudden you walk out of theater with more empathy and more understanding for one another, even if our circumstances uh, are not the same, you know, maybe, maybe you're happily married. You know, my parents have been happily married for 50 years. They didn't walk into this movie being like, or walk out of this movie being like, I didn't get it. Didn't relate to me. Right. All of a sudden, there's this, uh, this. There's an aspect of empathy for people that are actually, you know, right, are sure. struggling to work through their marriage. And all of a sudden, you, right. you and I think that my, you know, it's why I think Nomadland has connected with a lot of people too. Same kind of, uh, yeah. Same, same thing. So, how many theaters are we talking about? Do we know, uh, or is that a question for? Yeah. I think we're opening what in thirty. 30 plus theaters opening weekend and it's going to be a slow rollout. Yeah. And then we get to be in Australia and Europe as well, which is also really exciting. I think Australia is a little bit later because getting some emails from Australians being like, when can we get to see it? <laughs> and I, I think June, I think early June. Yeah. And I didn't mean to say 30 theaters. I think that's 35 cities, right? 35 yeah. cities. That makes more sense. Yeah. Makes more sense. So that could be easily hundreds of theaters. Yeah. Fat thousands. What? I hope. I'm hoping it will slowly roll out. You know, yeah, I was yeah. living in. I was living in North Platte. Uh, I'm going to get the Titanic. theater list. Uh, getting messages. So thank you. Uh, go ahead, Robert. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying. I was in uh, theaters or living in North Platte, Nebraska, when uh, Titanic came out, and um, and there was a there was a line around the theater that went down down the street of people kind of waiting to kind of see that that film and while while i'm aware that's not we're not titanic uh i say that in hoping in my dream that the film will play in north platte nebraska at some point <laughs> that's my dream that the rollout itself will hit these smaller these right. smaller towns because it really is a story for them uh you, you know yeah i mean kenosha is 350 people North Platte is 22,000, but I think they will connect with, with the representation. Um, I think that's true. And I think that people are getting, being told, you know, you need to escape, you need to escape. And um, well, first of all, that doesn't just mean capes and tights. (laughs) You can actually, you can escape into a, into a dramatic film as much as any other kind of film. So that's just a lie or misdirection anyway. So you can go, you can see a film. I, I was completely escaping into uh, the killing of two lovers and I felt like a nourished after I saw it. So that, there you go. So, you know, and there, and there's great, it's great to have choice, you know, everywhere, not just in big cities, but everywhere, you know, again, the name of the film is called the two, the killing of two lovers and <laughs> directed by Robert Machoyan and, starring in its among its lead cast is uh clean crawford and uh how i don't want to butcher your the the actor's name uh who plays your wife sapita how do you pronounce her name sepadia moffy sepadia uh moffy 
also terrific in it. And she plays Nikki or what the wife. And I was going to get to the kids, but I think we're, we got to run out of, um, there's always a bunch of kids. Most of them are usually Roberts in the movie, but I think they're getting too old now to play that such little kids. I don't know. Were any of those yeah, kids yours? Yeah. The three of them are mine and, and they're getting, they're getting older to play kids, but they are asking me to write a stand by me. They're ready for like the next iteration for them. So yeah, that there's a charge for you. Hey dad, can you write a stand by me so we can be in that type of, they saw the original, they saw stand by me and to know, to refer to it. That's terrific. So you're showing them great movies. All right. Of course. And Adam, don't worry. We're gonna, we've got them smoking cigarettes. They're gonna it's gonna stunt their growth. We should get at least another five years out of them. All right, River Phoenix. Uh, all right, guys. I'm sorry. We got to do something sometime down the road again. But uh, I appreciate being able to let some of the people who watch me. Okay, but I know you guys got to move on to some other hungry uh, interviews. So interviewers. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank uh, anytime. you, Adam. My pleasure. All righty. Take care. Oh, I didn't get to say bye, so I just want to come by and say goodnight, and I love you. I only agreed to do this because you promised me that we were going to work through this. You need to fight. You need to fight for us. David, can you look at me? This is my family. They're worth it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Remember to visit patreon.com slash filmwaxradio and consider becoming a subscriber, as I said at the top of the program. I really appreciate that. We're going into 10 years of this podcast, of this show, uh, which has been uh, 100% free, of course, and remains so. However, if $3 or $5, whatever, it doesn't really matter, whatever you want to subscribe, there's all sorts of uh, ways of getting rewarded uh, depending on how much you decide to give. And, and um, it would mean the world and it would help make this show expand and be even more uh, effective. I uh, thank you for that. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and the ones you love. Until next time, this is Adam Shartoff, the name of the show, Film Wax Radio. Take care. Have you ever wandered lonely through the woods And everything there feels just as it should You're part of a life there, you're part of something good Have you ever wandered lonely through the woods